Tennessee Titans talk, and John, the NFL has been talking about the wrong undefeated team and the wrong quarterback. We got Tana Thrill, and you know, we we are now sitting at a pretty 4-0. and It's so impressive to me, Landon, of 16 days of really not even being in the same room with each other. We know there are a few exceptions that they could play that efficiently and that hard and that well. Yeah, the main thing was we just avoided mistakes. Because of the Bills' mistakes, we had four touchdown drives that were 30 yards or less. We lead the league in turnover differential with plus eight, I believe, after adding three more yesterday. The narrative all this morning has been the Bills looked like the team that should have been discombobulated by not having practice and missing several key starters. But the Titans put up 42 points with their wide receiver three and four being guys signed off the practice squad literally hours before the game. John, he is so right mm. that uh, when you look at the team stats, we kind of matched them in almost every way. Uh, they had to throw more passes at the end of the game. But other than that, at time of possession, uh, yards, everything was very similar. We don't turn the ball over. And I know we had penalties yesterday, but coming in, we were the least penalized team in the NFL. We were similarly so last season. And when you add in special teams, uh, we just beat them with efficiency and by not making mistakes. I'll tell you what. One thing I was super impressed with last night it was our special teams. I mean, Chris Milton <laughs> from oh, yeah. uh, obscurity, he came in and made a couple huge plays, whether it was, uh, you know, the one play where he made a open field solo tackle inside the 10 yard line. And then there was another right. play where he was able to down the ball uh, off of a bounce inside the five. I mean, that guy was flying and, you know, he's a guy we don't ever get to talk about, but here we are. And he kind of led to that incredible special teams performance and kind of like what you talked about, everything being even. Yeah. I mean, time of possession, Buffalo was 32. We were 27 and it's a pretty perfect split And the penalties, even the penalties, we took a couple unnecessary penalties to give us better field position. So I think we're just a very well coached Mike Vrabel team. I really appreciate that about our coaching staff is it just takes a lot of detail to be good on special teams. A lot of folks don't do it, it seems, because when it happens kind of year to year, you know that, that they did it on purpose, right? Um, Brett Kern, Easy e oh. Lee Freeman, <laughs> and your boy Milton, who Chris Milton was a never heard of her until, uh, you know, recently. <laughs> and like you said, he's put himself on the map. It's hard to do with the kind of things he does uh, on, a fo- on a football field. But I hope the three of them have a, like a vacation uh, together when the season's over. I just imagine them all working in perfect harmony because they bring out the best of each other. Brett Kern is a Hall of Fame punter if there's going to be another one. He just pins people, and I think a lot of people move right on, and they just don't know how absolutely important that is because they, they pinned Josh Allen over and over. He's having to start back there, and uh, he looked absolutely lost. Josh Allen looked lost. We've seen that before. But when you look at the stat sheet, nobody necessarily stands out. What did we do yesterday to make him look so bad at times? Well, we got pass rush and pressure on him despite missing the best player on our defense in Jeffrey Simmons. Jadavion Clowney easily had his best game as a Titan, even Mm -hmm. though he dropped a would-be pick six. (laughs) And I think that's just what Clowney is. Oh, man. He always teases you with an amazing play, but he never delivers. Harold Landry finally got his first Well, tackle. he doesn't maybe deliver a pick six, but, boy, he has delivered in, in this first month. Physicality and toughness, yeah, he's there. Harold Landry finally got his first sack of the season. He right. beat Deion Dawkins inside. And just we controlled the line of scrimmage. They weren't able to run the ball despite us being, being the worst defense in yards per carry entering the game. 
Josh Allen, when you know he's having to pass and he's missing his wide receiver two and John Brown, even if we're missing two starting cornerbacks, when you know what the other team is going to do, it makes things a lot easier. And the first interception, Andre Roberts just had a bad drop. The second one was vintage Josh Allen, where he threw it to nobody and Malcolm Butler just stood there and picked it off. It just goes back to mistakes. Allen had several misfires. Tannehill didn't, and that helped seal the game. Yeah, it was vintage Tannehill, John. Mm. The line, everything else, he looks just cool back there. <laughs> and he's, uh, you know, as I to say, like, relaxed. We saw him laughing, cutting up. He's loose, isn't he? There's just something. He has hit another level. I know he's not going to gain the game necessarily look like vintage Joe Montana, but the guy is for real. He really is. Everything has come together. He played like a signature Ryan Tannehill game last night. Yeah, well, one thing that we continually uh, – we've talked about before is the continuity on offense. You know, he's in this system right. again for a second year with pretty much the entire supporting cast returning. The only difference is, you know, a couple pieces on the offensive line where Nate Davis is now a starter. We don't have Conklin. Um, but essentially, everybody else has returned. So he feels comfortable, and he's playing the game he know he can. And I think he operates at his best when he's throwing around 30 passes a game, and that's exactly what he did last night. He was 21 for 28 for 195 yards, three touchdowns, and more impressively was his ability to scramble. That 10-yard touchdown run is one that a lot of quarterbacks can't make, but, you know, he – had a wide open shot he took it and you know i always <laughs> personally i have gotten on board and i love his little touchdown celebration where he does the jump flip thing with the with his hand behind his ear i mean it's just incredible right. and it just makes for a very picturesque touchdown um and, and it's just confidence that you can see in him on the sideline on the field it's just amazing and this is what a what a franchise quarterback looks like he was able to get 40 yards on four carries or whatever he did, and that really got some crucial first downs. He did that because Derrick Henry and the other weapons, but especially Derrick Henry, who was, yes, had three yards of carry last night. But if you watch the game, I didn't think he looked like himself earlier in the season, but he ran really tough yards. He is holding the ladder for everybody on offense, right, where the threat of him and his tough inside running allows Tannehill to just slip open and really just be crucial. I almost attribute – some of those yards as an, like an assist to Derrick Henry. Absolutely. And Henry looked much more explosive than on the play of the game. That doesn't actually count. If you look at the stat sheet, when he annihilates <laughs> Josh Norman, he looks so much yeah. more explosive than he had all year. And yes, he was right. only getting three yards per carry, but he was getting consistently hit at the line of scrimmage. I saw the stat earlier this morning. Tannehill is fourth worst in yards per attempt this year on non-play action passes, but he's been so good because we just spam play action with Derrick Henry and defenses have to respect it at Tannehill and Henry just have a perfect symbiosis going. Well, and one thing too, I mean, every single team we've played so far, they're stacking the box. They're putting eight, nine in the box. And yeah, of course you opens up everything for, for Tannehill, especially with a healthy AJ Brown. And, you know, I'm kind of curious to see what happens next week when we potentially have Corey Davis and Humphreys back. Yeah, I want to see that, too. You, you mentioned the weapons that he has and the rollover from one year to the next. Uh, if we can, and I know it's tough in an NFL season anyway, to get everybody on the field, but I would love to see everybody. Maybe we'll see that next week. Landon made a really good point earlier about how he feels like Josh Allen was so confused, John, because the speed of our defense last night. And that there was a thought, and I don't really necessarily include Jeffrey Simmons in this, but missing Jeffrey Simmons and Dequan Jones – it forced us to go smaller, and I wondered if that might help our pursuit. And we were—we didn't register a lot of sacks, but we were all over them. 
Like we were in his face and confusing him, clowny and company. I, I thought that was a big part of it. But do you think moving forward, they might look at, at some packages and say, hey, maybe smaller and faster is better? I, I think that there's some merit to that. Buffalo's offensive line, while I think they're good, they're not the biggest offensive line out there, which I think kind of lends itself to some of our smaller guys and where we can take advantage of those matchups. I mean, Deion Dawkins is not a, a massive giant, but he's a good left tackle. And, and, you know, there are some of those matches that we can win. And I don't know if it'll work all the time, but I definitely think it's a good change up. And I think it's something that we can definitely explore going forward. And if, as a non-Titans fan, if you're watching that game, you don't know any difference if, if Jeffrey Simmons isn't playing at all. And this defense stood up to the test, like you said, and like Landon said, confused Josh Allen. And um, honestly, Josh Allen operating without John Brown. He looked lost because that's where Allen excels, right? Those deep balls. And he wasn't able to throw them right. because Stefan Diggs, he's, you know, we're covering him all over the field. And Cole Beasley's not going to be that deep guy or anybody else that they have. They're not going to be that deep guy. It's no. not what he, he was uncomfortable. I agree. I think just judging by the penalties they had, they were a little skimmish. I'd said on our preview, I like Dawkins and uh, I like Daryl Williams. I like their tackles, but they were like jumpy. I mean, that one penalty that Daryl Williams had, it was just, I, I don't think I've seen a, a like he just a, stood straight an average up. or better off his line. So that tells you that whatever was coming, uh, they just, I think just the speed of the pursuit. I don't know if we could do that every week, but it's, it's good to know that. And I think that goes a lot to the versatility of Jadavion and Clowney. And I think it makes him kind of like in the NBA where he's a small forward, but he can play small ball four. Like he can kind of move around a little bit, but boy, he was in their head. Absolutely. I think everybody was. And just the entire defense, the pursuit and, and aggressiveness. It was so interesting. They were able to play with that kind of communication and that kind of freshness after, you know, not really practicing or anything, like we said, for more than two weeks. We mentioned the penalties. I think that really hurt the Bills. They did not look like a disciplined team last night. Stefan Diggs is a very good player, and he fits them really well. Uh, John was mentioning the deep threats, and they were without John Brown. That did hurt. Stefan Diggs, we worried about who would guard him on this team. He got his 100 yards, but he didn't reach the end zone. Is there a particular reason uh, we were able to keep him out of the end zone last night? There is, and it also plays into the fact that the Bills were 13 of 17 on third down, which is over 70% conversion percentage, which is the best ever by a team that got blown out. We were playing soft coverage, essentially. We were down several defensive backs. Our corners weren't the fastest in the first place. We just respected Josh Allen's arm, the Bills wide receiver's speed, and let them just continually take underneath routes. Diggs probably had six catches that went for first downs that were 11, 12 yards. And we can see that because at the end of the day, Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, they beat you by breaking you over the top, and that opens everything up. And we didn't concede that. We did what Dean Pease taught us to do. Ben don't break in. The Bills piled up lots of yards, lots of stats, but at the end of the day, we got a turnover. They only scored 16 points. That's really well said. Speaking of Ben don't break, John, Titans offensive line did not give up a sack last night. Really impressed with that. They were a better team last night. I know early in the season, as we're getting going, I didn't feel like, especially against the run, and I know that we lost a really good uh, run blocker, but we just didn't have that push. I'm not saying that we've returned back to that, but they played a really skillful game uh, under the circumstances, and they executed really well. I was really impressed with, especially some of the names we haven't seen before, and I felt like Dennis Kelly had his best game as a starter. Sure. No, I agree with that completely, and in previous years, we've ragged on 
on Taylor Lewan a lot, and I think he deserves a lot of credit and toughness for the game he played last night, especially you know coming off of a left soldier shoulder injury playing, and then all then I believe Landon, we were texting about this, and you said that he actually had his right shoulder pop out of the socket, and they popped it back in, right? Yeah, that's why he missed the final four-ish minutes in the last two drives of the first half, and even then our offensive line didn't crumble like it did last week when Lewan went sure. out. Embraio was a really, really smart pickup. He really impressed me as far as just it's so hard. I know, and John, you played on both sides of the lines and in high school and college, just to come in, not have that continuity. That is a parts of a whole type thing. I just thought it was gutsy by him and everybody else. I think it kind of sp- it also talks to Tyson Brylow's his preparation for the game. Obviously, we didn't have a whole lot of practices, but pretty reasonable assumption that he was going to have to play quite a bit tonight because we didn't know the status of Taylor Luan. So he went into the game with the mindset that he's going to have to play. Right. So then when we called on his number, he was able to trot out there and know exactly where he was supposed to be and know what he was supposed to do. So I think that really bodes well for his confidence and his progression going forward as a, a very solid depth piece. You know, Taylor Wan, you know, he was able to come back. That doesn't mean he'll play again on, on Sunday. You know, having two shoulder issues, that's tough, especially for a tackle. He'll have to be ready when his number is called upon again. For so many years as Titans fan, we would call on guys and get guys in the offseason to kind of fill that a role-playing role, and then they wouldn't be ready or they wouldn't be what we thought they were. A lot of people wanted a, a swing tackle. A lot of people were looking for that guy. We found this guy very affordably. So just another win for John Robinson to this point. Very impressed. He wasn't the only guy that held the rope and stepped up last night, though, Landon. I know the back end of our receiving roster had, uh, just because Humphreys was out, Corey Davis was out, I was impressed with how they stepped up and they were where they were needed to be and made the catches they were supposed to make. Oh, absolutely. This was one of Arthur Smith's best called games when you look at just how little perimeter talent he had. In week three against Minnesota, Nick Westbrook had a killer drop that could have changed the outcome of the game. Today, he and Coley Hollister, they didn't have any drops. And Hollister in particular had one big third down catch. I believe the score that would make it 28-10. And just they didn't make mistakes, and that's – and once again, right. that's just what it came down to. Our guys didn't make drops. They didn't mess up. You look at the Bills. They had several drops, including a drop that led directly to an interception. I'm happy to know that if worse comes to worse and Cody Hollister or Nick Westbrook have to be in for a play and Tannehill goes to them, they're not going to mess things up. But hopefully with A.J. Brown coming back and the team getting a wake-up call and taking COVID seriously, we're not going to have to see those guys in that position in the first place. You know, Ryan Tannehill – Put it all together. He's my player of the game. Aside from that, A.J. Brown being off a month, uh, as it wound up being, or whatever, coming in last night, not only did he come back and he and he kind of melded back in, that's got to be tough to do when everybody else around you has been generally playing, even not for the last couple of weeks. But, John, A.J. Brown yesterday showed me that he can make that move, and he is making that move from kind of big play guy, wow, this guy is really good, to some of the catches he was making last night and where he was, he can make that development to a true number one receiver. I don't know, and he's not a fully finished product, but he's heading that way when you saw performance he put on after being off a month. Oh, without night. a doubt. I mean, you know, the fir- that first drive went right to him, right over the head of Josh Norman. He was ready. He was there in the end zone. Boom. His ability to do that and be relatively fresh in the game um, kind of speaks right. to what you're talking about, about him you know, elevating to that number one wide receiver. And I think he is fully equipped to make that jump, assume that role, 
honestly, you know, like I, I didn't believe it at the time of the draft, but man, did we luck out getting him in the second round. I mean, yeah, we good, really did. Goodness gracious. We absolutely did. One of those things, like, I bet as it went through, I bet John Robinson and yeah. didn't believe that other people were being picked and other receivers got picked. And I'm like, well, obviously we'll take him. I bet they thought they were making a decision between him or Simmons. And uh, because he's so good and he was so good in college. And now everybody knows that I love AJ Brown, but my question was at the end of last season, could he be a true, like in the prototypical sense, number one Landon, because can he do every single thing? Is his height going to limit him from, you know, the catch we saw him make last night? Obviously not, because uh, the one that John brought up is the one that kind of submitted to me. It's like, okay, he is going to be able to make every catch that a number one would have to, right? Yeah, I think so. And this game was really encouraging in that. I think this is the first game in his career where he had a great game because he was so consistent, where he just kept getting first down after first down. Because last year, what made him so spectacular was big plays, where we were hitting on that almost every game. Last night, we didn't even attempt a deep shot to A.J. Brown. And just to be able to have that ability to be where, yes, I can consistently move the chains, be that prototypical wide receiver one like you're talking about, but I can also stretch a defense and punish you over the top. That rare combination is what makes the best of the best so dangerous because you really can't guard them any one way. Last year, A.J. Brown was boomer bust. This year, he's starting to put it together and he's becoming more solid. And we haven't seen the big plays yet, but you have to think they're coming. Speaking of big plays, Johnny Smith had two touchdowns last night. This is the point for me when we see him step up. When, when they're in the red zone, they look to him seemingly first. To me, this is the point with Johnny Smith is I wonder how good he can be. I mean, how good we talk about. There's always, it seems like, for the last two decades, there's always been, what, two or three kind of like tight ends in this league that kind of stood head and shoulders above everybody. And that was a revolving list of people. Delaney Walker got really, really close and really high up there. What is his ceiling? How good can this guy be? Well, speaking of Delaney Walker, he looks like a super athletic version of Delaney Walker where he's a, he's <laughs> yeah, a great he he's does. a great run blocker. He's pretty much a fourth wide receiver out on the field. But Delaney Walker, when we got him, was starting to get older. Johnny Smith's in his prime. He's, he's an elite athletic talent. We play him at halfback, at fullback, at receiver. He does literally everything. He takes right. he takes halfback tosses and runs 50 yards. There's literally nothing he can't do. Right now, he's on pace for 20 touchdowns. And in a red zone, he's a complete mismatch because defensive backs are too small, and he's much too athletic for any linebacker to cover him. He makes the perfect point. He's so big physically, and he's so athletic. This guy is from Philadelphia, and he went to a tiny school in South Florida, and I just don't think he kind of knew – what he could be, you know, I mean, a lot of guys are late bloomers, uh, but he's still 25 or 26 years old. And they just, when I watch him last night, John, I'm like, how I, I had this preconceived notion. It's like, boy, it'd be great if he were 80% as good as Delaney Walker was. But, and then I think, I mean, how could, how good he might exceed be, Delaney John? Walker. I mean, I know that's a, a tough billing to say, but I would think that was a, a ridiculous thing to say until gee, he just gets better and better. And the guy is such I remember. a powerful weapon. I think you might be right. I, just I remember last game. year when you and I went to Cleveland and he was warming up on the field and you were like, who is that defensive player? I was like, that's Johnny Smith. And, you know, he is just built like a brick house. He is so athletic. Yeah. It's just 
amazing. And, you know, honestly, I attribute a lot of his success to learning under Delaney Walker. You know, learning under from one of the NFL's best. That's why he's taking the leap. That's why he's tied for second right. in the league with touchdown touchdown receptions at five. You, you know, that's why we're going to have a very dangerous red zone offense. Yeah, I think we're going to look back and hopefully in five or six years and think we had no clue how good it was going to be when he even when he started being that excellent player. Because you just think about it, in the playoffs last year, the clutch catches. I'm sorry, did you say the I butt catch? Have just because, <laughs> just because of the round that that we got him. And that he kind of came out of nowhere. I think sometimes we don't know, but man, if this guy had more of a pedigree, we'd be talking yeah. unbelievable. But um, I'm really excited about him, and I, it's just so great to know that for years and years it was like, well, if we just had a few. Yeah, weapons, if he, if right? he keeps us up, if <laughs> he keeps so us fun. up, I'm telling you, watch out for a long-term extension before the season ends. Yeah, I think that's a good point too, and I would love to see that because you know that they, you mentioned um, Delaney Walker, and I would say. He has really improved yep. since Mike Vrabel has got here, and a, a lot of guys have. We focus on the draft so much, and we th- focus on personnel decisions and free agents. So much is about what you do after they get in to the building and patience. And Johnny Smith was not ready. I mean, we brought him along slowly, and now look at He's just really an outstanding player. A guy that I hope to see that happen to, Darrington Evans. We haven't seen much of him. We saw a little more of him last night. What did you well, think Well, on him? his first two carries, you could tell just – how explosive he is compared to Derrick Henry, even for a running back. He just took off towards the edge so much faster. He left Bill's defenders in the dust. And my biggest question is just, I believe he tweaked his hamstring last night. That's why we got more Jeremy McNichols in the second half when we were icing the game. Can the guy just get healthy? He missed the first two games. Then he gets three touches against Minnesota. Tonight, he looks really good. He gets two touches and he gets hurt. I just want to see him put it all together because I think he can be that receiving back we need a guy who can spell a Henry when the defense is tired from getting beat over the head. Darrington Evans just runs right by all of them. That's what we're missing, and that's what they have in mind. You're right. It's tough for a guy that size, I think, to stay healthy, but hopefully he can figure this out And because you see the potential there to be that really good change of pace guy. Speaking of running backs, you guys know I'm not a huge fan of Singletary, the running back for the Bills. I'm not going to pile on him or anything, but I think it was evident that you know he's just missing that one like excellent skill. Uh, per se. He's not a bad and he runs hard. He's a Yeldon John was the better running back. I wonder why they don't use him more. He's bigger. He's more physical. He, it's weird throughout the NFL when you play guys and you see guys you remember from college and then you think, man, how how do they not have a bigger role? And I just wonder why they don't use him primarily. Yeldon, kind of like we were talking about throughout the game, he was way bigger and more of an impact player than, than what we saw. He's a guy that is an afterthought for a lot of people. And honestly, he was an afterthought for our defense when he was in the end zone, completely wide open, waving his hands to Josh Allen. Last night proved that he's going to be a bigger look going forward because he is kind of reliable, right? I think he's exactly what they need. He's that swift, can-do-it-all guy. I remember watching TJ Yeldon when he was a freshman in Alabama, and I was just like, this guy is going to be unreal. And unfortunately, he hasn't landed with a team that's given him that opportunity. But he's so incredibly athletic, and he is just a do-it-all kind of guy. And I think last night was where he earned a couple stripes with a team that had a dire need at running back. Kind of fit the bill when they gave him an opportunity. No, pun intended. And uh, I I just don't understand it because, you know, I know that they're there all the time, and I'm not an expert. But I do look at some stuff, and I'm like, I I don't get it. He's better. He's Mm. better than the other guy. What do I know? 
I know it was unfortunate, and I don't want to make light of that, but it was so cool to have a Tuesday night game, right, Landon? I believe this was the second time ever behind the game that got postponed due to a blizzard. And I wish we had gotten better announcers. The announcers weren't bad, but for what was technically a primetime game, I wish we could have gotten Nance or Roma or Harlan or Ian Eagle. It was fun. It was a novelty to be the only game on national TV and at the same time not be part of the circus of Thursday night football or Monday night football, where it's about the network being a part of primetime more than actually being a part of the game. And just to annihilate the Bills, which I I told you guys last week, I had them as a top three team. To annihilate one of America's darlings on national TV was really fun. And hopefully we can do that again on a more conventional time slot. I agree. It was fun to win in a way that I didn't think we would because it's hard to have expectations when you've been off and you've gone through. I know it's tough for these guys to go through all the criticism and, and everything, but it was fun to end the Josh Allen butt kissing, John. <laughs> and I thought about you a lot last night because it's like, it's so weird to see people there and us not be there, even though there were about 10,500. What, what did you think um, I, Honestly, uh, you know, as season ticket members, we know how this process kind of went down with buying tickets. And I logged in and I checked out what tickets were available. There were a lot more Buffalo Bills fans that I saw on television that I felt comfortable with. And that's just yeah. a weird thing to me. But they're that fan base that's going to go wherever in any circumstances. So, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised. And with the amount of resales, I guess I'm not super surprised. I think it was good to have people in the building. I know some friends who who went to the game and had a great time. And I'm glad that they were able to do that and do that safely. And I hope that as we continue through this COVID and through this football season, that we can continue to have fan presence there. It may not be what we're used to, but I hope that we can do it in a safe way and that everybody could experience this game and provide that level of, of support as they feel fit. Personally, right now, you know, we're not going to games, but, you know, I mean, come Super Bowl time, I'm going to change my mind. You better believe it. A a good showing for what we were, uh, you know, for the situation we're in. I'll tell you one thing that really freaked me out is in the end zones, they have the cardboard cutouts of the people and some. Yeah, Yeah, that was so weird. Yeah, I I mean, all of a sudden I'd be watching as we're driving and then somebody would move in that section I'm like oh my god the cardboard cutouts are coming to life <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know how to react and, awesome. you know it, it was pretty weird to see uh, but you know I've seen on social media in our fan groups that people are going to find their pictures and take their picture next to their cardboard cutout so I think that's kind of a neat thing it is and I knew John you would have something anecdotally <laughs> hilarious about the crowd I don't know I just sensed that guys we're gonna get out of here but been a tough two and a half weeks for the Titans this game on national television, the way they played and they beat a really good team, I think is going to help that conversation and the negativity, the deserved negativity about uh, did they meet, when did they meet, and all this. I think this is going to help mostly put that to bed because the team was ready. They responded well. And just with the efficiency that they played, when you're 3-0, your season doesn't need saving. But uh, if we're thinking about momentum, this totally changed that. And we're heading in. We're going to play the Houston Texans Sunday at noon, hopefully. Follow us wherever you listen to us. Uh, So we'll pop up there every time a new episode drops. We will, of course, have a preview uh, in a few days. Really excited about it, guys. Talk to you all in a couple of days. Tighten up. Tighten up.